0: Okay, pull on out the driveway. We all know what that means. It's time for another drive to work. Okay, so today, uh, I've done many things in my time at Wizards. Um, a lot of times I focus on my time as being a designer. But when, when, when uh, the dust has settled and I look back at my Wizard's career, I had some other jobs. Today is about one of those jobs. Yes, once upon a time... I was Editor-in-Chief of The Duelist. Now, for those that might not know, once upon a time, words were put onto paper, and you had to go to the store, have it delivered to your house, and the latest news, not that latest, because it was on paper, but once upon a time, there were these things called magazines, and so The Duelist, for those that are unaware, let me get people up to date that might not know, um, Magic came out in 1993. Uh, in 1994, Wizards of the Coast decided that um, they needed to have a magazine to support um, Magic. And at the time, look, that, that was how you did fan support. You did a magazine. You know, nowadays we have websites and other things, but uh, back in 1994, th- those didn't exist yet. Um, and so they made a magazine called The Duelist. Uh, why The Duelist? Um, the idea was, uh, I believe the organization they made to run tournaments was called the Duelist Convocation. Uh, it's the DC and the DCI. Um, and so they decided to make a magazine to go along with it. I thought they thought the Duelist sounded classy? I don't know. Um, also, The was part of the name, by the way. It's not Duelist, it's The Duelist, uh, as, as I was often reminded. Uh, so it's talking about The Duelist. Uh, anyway, so what happened was, in fact, the reason that, that Duelist is warm to my heart is uh, it is very entwined with how I ended up at Wizards, and I ended up becoming super involved with it. So let me explain. Um, okay, so once upon a time, Wizards of the Coast said, oh, we have a phenomenon. Magic is hitting it big. We realize this is this is a big thing. Okay, we're going to make a magazine to dedicate. So what they did is they uh, hired a woman named Catherine Haynes. Now, she might have already worked there, but... She essentially was the person put in charge of this. Uh, So let me talk a little bit about Catherine. So, um, Catherine was... Now, I, I'm not a tall man. Every time someone sees me anywhere on videos or something, they always say to me, I thought you'd be taller. Uh, I'm 5'5". Uh, compared to Catherine, I'm a giant of a man. Catherine was a little person. Um, I mean, not a little person, but... uh, Catherine wasn't very tall. Um, and, uh... Although to be honest, she's probably like five three, five four. Uh, but uh, she wore glasses and she had a long brown hair. Uh, and she, she uh, around the office, she tended to go barefoot. She liked to be barefoot. Um, and she had boundless energy. Um, she was very really thoughtful. I mean, the thing I love about Catherine was that she she was, would always listen, and she always like. You know, if you had a good idea, like, she had a good ability to judge things, and she would listen, she had a serious face when she listened, and if she liked, she's like, do it. That, that was what, do it. Because <laughs> uh, the thing about Catherine is, I would pitch her ideas, and pretty much the way it would work is, um, well, let, let me get in the story. I'll, I'll get to Catherine. I guess I'll get there. Um, so what happened was, Duelist Number 1 comes out. And if I remember correctly, I had a date that day. Yes, once upon a time I had dates. Um, and I, before I went to the date, had swung by the game store, and I picked up uh, the latest, the latest, the first Duel's was out. And I was very excited, because there was very little written about Magic at the time. There was a magazine back then called Shadis. Uh, I think it was in Southern California. but uh, And Shadis was about role-playing mostly, but uh, they had a few articles about Magic, and they were the first ones to ever guess at rarities... Um, so I had read a few things about magic. Remember the, the internet as we know it wasn't really there back then. I mean, there, the, the usenets existed, but they were in, you know, in the early days and I wasn't really on them yet. Um, so all my gossip or whatever about it was from reading from magazines and things and there wasn't much talked about it. So I was so excited when the first Duelist came out. I was so excited, so excited. Um, anyway, what happened was, uh, so I, I used to do stand-up and one of my jokes in my stand-up. Uh, was... I talked about how I was what's called over-punctual. Uh, and what that means is... how do, Like, I used to say, you're at a party. There's a guy that gets there like before everybody else gets there and he helps like set the furniture up and put the food out. Yeah, I let him in. But, anyway, a <laughs> uh, little glimpse of my stand-up days. Uh, so, I was renowned for being places early. I mean, early. So, I remember, I got to where my date was... Well, I was meeting my date in a restaurant and I got there way earlier than I should, uh, way earlier than I should. And I was sitting in my car, and I was reading The Duelist. I like, oh, I have my Duelist. I'm reading The Duelist while well, I'm waiting for my date to show up. And <laughs> I had some time to kill. Um, and I was fascinated. I was excited. I mean, I was ex- excited that a magazine was dedicated to magic because at that point, I was hook, line, and sinker. I was in. Um, but I was kind of disappointed because I felt like it was very basic, and I wanted something that was... I mean, at, at the time... You know, I was av- as a, in- involved the Magic players there was. You know, I was playing every week. And so I kind of wanted a magazine that at least had a little bit more for advanced players, I felt. And, I mean, I'm like, if anyone's going to have it except for advanced players, how about the magazine dedicated to Magic? Like, if you're reading a magazine dedicated to Magic, maybe you're into Magic. Uh, and so I felt it was lacking something. Um, and then I decided, I, I don't know, and back in the back of my head, I'm like, what's, what's it missing? And I came up with this idea of um, of doing puzzles, because I thought, you know, maybe what a magic player would like is, what if you gave them the game, and somehow let them help figure it out, and I'd, I'd seen chess puzzles before, I think I was inspired by chess puzzles, uh, so a chess puzzle is, here's a board, you have so many moves, you know, make a you know, checkmate or whatever, whatever the puzzle is or a capture piece or there's different puzzles. Um, and so I liked the idea of, okay, here's a board, win. Uh, and, I, and it just came to me. I wasn't particularly trying to make something for the magazine. I just was trying to solve the problem because I felt like I didn't want to just complain. I, I kind of wanted to give uh, a suggestion. So what happened was, um, back about, once upon a time, Wizards of the Coast used to send somebody to like every convention on the face of the earth, it felt like. Uh, I mean, wizards used to travel everywhere. So anyway, there was a convention in uh, Los Angeles. In fact, I think there were three of them? Two or three of them. One was Orcon. I don't remember the name of all of them. But anyway, one of the conventions, uh, Wizards of the Coast sent a small contingency. One of them was a guy named Steve Bishop. So, Steve Bishop, if you've heard me talk about I've talked about him in my article. Um, Steve Bishop for a while was the head of the dual Convocation, the precursor to the DCI, uh, and, and the head of what we used to call events, now we call organized play. Um, and what happened was, Steve had gotten into it, I think he knew somebody who worked there, uh, it was a friend of a friend, and like a lot of early Wizards employees were just kind of in the right place at the right time, because the company was growing so fast, they were just looking for people to hire. And a lot of people was like, oh, I got a roommate, or I got a friend, and they would get hired. And Steve at some point I'll talk about early nationals, early worlds, and, uh, I mean, Steve had a lot of passion, I, I, you know, he, but he was not well versed in how to run tournaments, at least not how to run magic tournaments. Um, I think he kind of fell in the position that was really not something that it, it was when it got created. Um, anyway, my memory of Steve was he used to wear leather pants and a bandana, um, and he was at the convention, and I said to him that I had this idea for The Duelist. And he told me the name of uh, Catherine Haynes, who was the editor. And I don't know... I I think... I don't know whether I gave him the puzzles or whether... He might have just told me the name and I mailed them myself. Anyway, I ended up mailing the puzzles to Catherine Haynes. Uh, And the idea was... I thought it was a neat idea. I think I made two or three puzzles... I was trying to show, you know, proof of purpose, uh, you know, proof of concept. And so I made some puzzles. I sent them off to her. Um, and then nothing. I heard nothing, you know. And I was like, oh, I was very proud of them. I thought they were kind of cool. So, anyway, back then, The Duelist was a quarterly magazine. It came out four times a year. Um, and so uh, I eventually... I think I think a couple months went by and I heard nothing. So I finally... One day I said, I said, a call. I got Catherine on the phone. First time I never talked to her. Um, and I'm like, hi, yeah, my name is Mark Rosewater. Uh, I don't know if you remember this, but, uh, I sent some puzzles to you as a, you know, a, a puzzle column and you had to solve the puzzles. Just, oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And, and I'm like, oh, well, okay. Uh, did you like them? Oh yeah. I thought they were really good. Okay. Well, is that something you might want to do? Oh yeah. Yeah. It's in the next issue. Like what? Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, it's coming out pretty soon. It's in the next issue. Like so, basically, they had decided to do it, do it, and printed it, and printed the magazine, and no one bothered to call and tell me. Um, which it, it's kind of the early days of Wizards, in that uh, Wizards was a company that's a little tiny company that kind of exploded overnight, and. You know, a lot of... Like, it took a while for the company to kind of get more corporate. And that they were... In the early days, nobody knew anything. You know, nobody had really had a corporate environment. And so the company kind of took some time to find itself. Um, for example, printing someone's work without contacting them. It's not something most companies would do. Um, but anyway, so she said they were printing the puzzle. Uh, and... Yeah, so turned out that uh, there was such a gap between Duels One, and Duels Two, getting Duels Two out, they made a duelist One and a Half. A little trivia, it's a little tiny magazine. My puzzles in it. It's sort of a claim to fame. One of claim to fame, the Duels One and a Half. I think the cover had Stone Calendar on it. It had Amy Weber's art of ever. So Amy Weber, by the way. So the artist Amy Weber, who did Time Walk and who did uh, Stone Calendar and uh, say celestial prism. I feel bad. That's not one of the best words. Um, anyway, she. Uh, was the art director when uh, the magazine first started. And so, um, anyway, they did my puzzle. So I decided that, uh, for those that know my... I've talked about this in how I got into Magic. But anyway, I was working in a game store. I got let go from the game store for reasons I don't understand. I was kind of in a weird place. And I decided that I just wanted to do something. I spent some money that I didn't really have and flew myself to Gen Con on this whole idea that I was going to meet Catherine and convince her face-to-face to to let me write for The Duelist. Um, Anyway, uh, so I flew to Gen Con, I met Catherine, and, like... I, I was really prepared for, like, you know, this. I'm going to have to convince her, okay, I have, you know, like, I have, I thought of all the things, and I'm like, okay, I have, I have 25 reasons why I would be a great addition to, to a, and I wanted to be a freelance writer. I wasn't, you know, at the time, I wasn't moving to Wizards yet. I just wanted to freelance. And I, I had like, 25 things, and it literally is like, you know, okay, Catherine, I think you should hire me because, uh, number one, I'm a good writer. And she's like, okay, well, I got 24 more. She's like, yeah, like she's like, well, look, here's how we do it. You pitched me a good idea. If it's a good idea, you can write it. That's what she said. And like I said, Catherine had this great thing where she had this serious third face and then she'd have this smile, this wonderful smile, and it was just like, just give me an idea. If it's a good idea. You can write it. And so I came back to her later that day and I said, I had pitched her two column, two ideas. Number one is I said, um, okay, uh, might be neat since we're at Gen Con and this was kind of the mecca of game conventions. What if... I write about the convention from the, the focal point of a magic player. What's it like to go to the largest game convention in the US, you know, as a magic player? And it ended up being an article called an MTG or at, at Gen Con. That's me trying to come up with this, like an MTG or like that was my sling what you call it a magic player. That one didn't catch you on. But anyway, if you go online, they've actually that article has been put online. So search for an MTG or at Gen Con, you find my article. It's on it's on our site. Um also, I pitched the idea of... I go, let me cover the finals. I'll write about the... Because the, 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 the first world championship was going to be there. And I said, I'll write about it. And now, somehow they didn't have a plan for someone to be there. them. That was my plan two days before. I'll write about it. But anyway, she let me do it. And so, if you ever seen pictures of the finals of Zach Dolan versus Patron Lestray, you see this goofy little kid in the background writing on a pad. That is me. Um, little blonde kid. Curly hair. Um... So anyway, somehow I I gave her some ideas, and so what happened was I had two qualities that cemented my my time in the list. One was that I, I was a decent writer, and the second was I turned things in on deadline. So so writers out there, those are the two most important things: quality and in on deadline. And to be honest, in on deadline is probably more important, although they're both important. Uh, so anyway, what happened then was that I. Um, I got in this relationship where I basically every month I would call and I would pitch ideas, and it was a given I was going to write every month. I got to the point where I was just—I always would write, but it's what, what am I going to write about? And Catherine, let me pitch whatever I wanted, and I pitched all sorts of stuff. I mean, I did an article once where I talked about making decks to play against each other's—you know, ten decks before, or fifteen years before, Duel decks came out. Um, I made a solitaire variant called Man Maze Solitaire, which I was proud of. Um, I wrote about—I anyway—if you go look at early duelists, I'm—I'm I'm in there. Um, And then uh, what happened was I went up to Wizards one day uh, and said, oh, I'd be willing to move here. And then it turns out three different people were fighting to get me hired. Once I said I'd be willing to work at Wizards. R&D obviously wanted to hire me. The Magic Brand team wanted to hire me because I've been doing a lot of freelance work for the brand team. Uh, And the Duelist wanted to hire me. And so there's this three-way struggle. In fact, what happened was, uh, and it's another indication of the early days, is... Uh, uh, Mike Davis, J. Mike Davis, J. Michael Davis, uh, of JMD Tone, by the way. Uh, he's a guy who came to Wizards with Richard originally to pitch Robo Rally, that turned into Peter saying, Peter Atkinson, the founder of, of, of Wizards, saying, we don't have the money to make that because it had too many pieces to it. But here's the kind of game I do want. And then Richard said, oh, I have a game like that, I think. And anyway, so uh, Mike Davis was the head of R&D. He's the one who hired me. Um, and so I called Mike Davis because like a month has gone by after I said I'd be willing to move there, and he's like, when can you start? Uh, I'd say, what's going on? I haven't heard from you guys. He's like, oh, well, three different sections of the company are fighting over you. We're, we're trying to hammer it out. Nope, by the way, I hadn't been hired yet, so I don't like to tell somebody that they're fighting over you. And anyway, that would lead to, that's another story uh, of my, when I got hired, I, I made some demands that ended up being very good for me. Um, okay, so uh, I get hired, and the deal is, that I get hired in R&D, I'm supposed to work on magic primarily, and I was going to be the liaison to the duelist from R&D. So I become the liaison to, R- to the duelist from R&D, which means all the technical stuff, anything they need to do, I'm the connection between R&D and the duelist. Um, and then what happens was... Uh, what happened was... Catherine ended up moving. Uh, she was dating Dave Petty. Dave Petty is one of the original East Coast playtesters. So Scaffoli, Jim Lynn, Chris Page, and Dave Petty were the guys who who designed uh, Antiquities, Fawn Empires, Ice Age, and Alliances. And uh, Catherine was dating Dave Petty. Dave Petty was, for a while, in R&D. And then Dave eventually moved East. I don't know if he's going back to school, um, but I believe Catherine moved to be with Dave, I think, because maybe I have that wrong. Um, maybe she moved for other reasons and they got back together. But anyway, I, I think... this. Anyway, what happened is Catherine left. And Catherine had been the lifeblood of the magazine. You know, Catherine had been... I mean, had been the one... you know, really cheering it on, supporting it on. And the magazine was, needed some focus. Um, and there were a bunch of people working on the magazine, but none of them quite got it like Catherine did. Um, and so... Uh, somebody asked me, I think the publisher, so we had a publisher at the time, her name was Wendy Noritake. Uh and Wendy was quite fun, um, when I tell the Duelist podcast, Wendy is a big part of how the Duelist Invitational came to be, um, but Wendy was very, uh, uh, she was very sort of efficient, and she's definitely a business person trying to get things done, and I think Wendy realized that the magazine needed some focus. Uh, and I was the one who, who I, used, I used to come up, I don't know, once a day or whatever, and I, I would sort of give advice and, you know, chime in on things. And, you know, I was the R&D liaison, you know, and I enjoyed the duelist. Um, plus, I was right. What happened at the point was, uh, once I started working at Wizards, Catherine came up with the idea of me doing a column called Insider Trading, which the idea was I was like an outsider inside Wizards. I'm sneaking out information to the outside. And, um, but anyway, that was my first column. Well, I, I, had done, I still was doing Magic the Puzzling. Uh, Magic Tricks was my, col- my answer column, which, by the way, I would write silly stories in for those that never read that. But i if you want to know where Evil Mark Rosewater came from, it started in those stories. Um, and then she suggested I write Insider Trading, so I did. Uh, and then... Um, I think what happened was Nora, Wendy Nortaki... Uh, in fact... Uh, maybe Sean so Sean O'Wolf of Narcisco who still works at Wizards was the person that did all the layout after Amy Weber left she took over for, as the, the art director um, and I think that, anyway the magazine was struggling they, they, they kind of didn't have focus I think Sean had suggested to Wendy that maybe I would be a good fit and Wendy came to me and said we want you to be uh, the editor-in-chief and what I said was well I like my job in R&D um, you know I, I, I'm, I'm honored I would really, you know, I really do enjoy the Duelist, but I, I, I'm not going to leave my job in R and D. And she said, "Oh no, you don't need to leave your job in R and D." And like, well, what do you mean? She goes, "Well, just in addition, you know, you'll be, you'll be the, you know," she goes, "All we really need is just for you to sort of clarify things and set vision, and you know, you, you don't need to do the day to day stuff. We'll do that. We just need someone to sort of, you know, set the tone and and you know, figure out what to do." Uh, and so I said, "Okay, so." While I was working a full-time R&D job, I became Editor-in-Chief of The Duelist. Um, and I had that job for many a year. Um, and I was very proud. I, uh, I, 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 did a, I felt I did a pretty good job of sort of keeping uh, on the tone. One of the things I did is I went out and got outside writers, and so I pushed very hard to get a lot of known magic pros writing for us. And so there was a lot of rotating writers. Um, you know, And there was a, a bunch of different uh, columns... Uh, you know uh, I, I was one that I got Rob Hahn to write a column and I got um, uh, I think I got Beth Morrison to write her column uh, well Beth Morrison was always freelancing I think I just convinced her to make it a column rather than a, a set like I, I got her to do um, what was it called the deck series where she talked about different kind of decks I don't remember the name of it but anyway uh, I was I was editor-in-chief for quite a while in fact for most of the du- rest of the duelist, I was editor-in-chief um And then what happened was I started getting stretched real thin because, once again, I was working full-time in R&D, in addition. And um, at one point, uh, some of the people who were working on it were frustrated that that my time wasn't as focused. Um, And they convinced, I guess it was Wendy, eventually that they could do it themselves and that they didn't need me. Uh, And then so the same day that I got told that Unglue 2 wasn't going to happen... I was told that they no longer need my services as editor-in-chief. And I was really busy at the time, so I'm like, okay. I mean, I understood that, like, I just wasn't... I didn't have the time I once did. Although it's funny that within, I don't know, six months later, uh, it it had morphed into a magazine called The Top Deck, which quickly died. So I kind of feel like the end of The Duelist had a lot to do with me shifting away. Um, Anyway, um, like I said, the, the, the thing I loved about The Duelist was... That um, that there was a lot, a lot of I think what MagicTheGathering.com does now, we did in the early Duelist that we created some personalities, uh, not just the pros, but we, we, we but just personalities in general that we sort of a lot of the early names of Magic were carved out through the Duelist, you know, and and, and one of the things I tried real hard was if you became. Uh, if I felt you were somebody who I'd like to see have more celebrity status, I purposely brought you in. You know, I I got Jamie Wakefield to write an article. I got I got different people that I thought I wanted people to know who they were to write articles. So because I felt the Duelist was a real good place to sort of get magic names made. Um, and like I said, I was I was proud. the The, the thing about the Duelist that was interesting is that. Um, one of the things that had started with it was uh, and, and this was Amy Weber's doing is the idea that art was very important to it. I think Sean had picked this up when she took over that I always thought the magazine looked nice. I mean, early days we had some readability issues but those got solved. I don't know if you know but like the first couple issues like the backgrounds would be this handmade unique specially flecked cool thing except you couldn't read the words. Uh, and they, they quickly fixed that. Um, but I mean that always was the essence of you know, that the Duelist was, that it appreciated the art of the game. Um, we did this neat thing where we would go to artists and we say to them, okay, we like this piece of art. Could you sort of, ex- you know, follow up on that? And so at the beginning, it was the artists would do whatever they want. Eventually, we started s- steering more toward, this is the kind of thing we're hoping for. These are the kind of things the audience knows of you. Um... You know, and the Duelist is fun because a lot of what happened, I'll talk about this in future podcasts, is I also use the Duelist as a means to create other things. There's a thing called the Duelist Team Challenge we used to do at Origins, uh, that has an interesting history. The Duelist Invitational, which became the Magic Invitational, started out of me sort of using the Duelist to do something. Um, and like I said, I, I, I feel like the Duelist was this neat organization or neat thing that really, uh, did a lot of community building in the early days of Magic. And and obviously once the once the web started kicking up, you start having websites, you know, the dojo and a lot of early stuff that really started sort of creating other places for community. Um, but the duels was neat in that I felt like the thing that I, I felt the duels was missing, you know, as I'm waiting for my date that first day of, of, you know, that I felt like I I was part of helping get get us there and that we really were relevant and, you know, kind of, you know, the who's who was there in the pages of The Duelist, and we were giving you previews, and we were doing neat things, and we were going behind the scenes. Um, I mean, a lot of the sensibility of what my column does now and the development column and, you know, the various creative t- columns. And yeah, I felt that, like, The Duelist was a lot of the precursor to that. Um, and one of these days, I'll do my, my podcast on uh, Daily MTG and the creation of that. Uh, but a lot of that came from The Duelist and of you know, of sort of, I love, I mean, one of the things, my background is communications. Um, And one of the things I love about my job, one of the things that, I mean, it's an awesome job for many reasons, but one of the things I love about it is that I've been able to take all these skills that I built up before coming to my job and apply them. For example, I had a lot of communication skills, but I took an R&D job and you know, it, it would be very easy for me to go, well, I have a lot of, I have a communications background, but yeah, I'm not going to use that in my, you know, R&D job. And uh, the opposite, you know what I'm saying? I've done so much communications, it's kind of crazy. Uh, and the doulas was part of that, you know? Uh, one of the things I did when I took over was apply all the things I learned about what a magazine was. Because I taken classes in magazines, you know? I take classes in just general communication. I mean, the website the same thing. It's uh, one of the things about communication is there's just basic communication theory. Maybe one day I'll do a podcast on communication theory uh, just because it's it's fascinating to me. I mean, there's, there's certain truisms of communication that are just like, this is how humans learn things. And anyway, that might be an interesting topic. Um, but anyway, I really wanted to apply that. I mean, my goal on The Duelist and, and the thing I love, and we had so many awesome people work on The Duelist. Um, see, I'm not going to name them all because uh, now that I'm put on the spot. Um... There was Melody and Will and, uh, 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 see, I'm on the spot now. I'm, I'm going to, uh, I mean, Shauna was the art director and Amy before her. Uh, so many people. I'm, I'm just going to not do justice as me trying to name people off from the duelist. Um, so when I focus and I talk about a specific role, I know exactly who it is. And as soon as like name everybody, like, oh, I can't do that. Um, also I'm, I'm here at work. So, um, anyway, uh, Today was a little different, sort of like just talking about... I, I try to mix up what these podcasts are. Today was a little more of just a slice of life of one aspect of magic. Um, I mean, one of the things that's always neat about The Duelist was of, you know, what what part of... Like, here's a, a... People have a glimpse of what magic is and behind the scenes and, and, and also The Duelist was also trying hard to make sure people knew about magic and knew about archetypes and like... I don't know. It was a, it was a fun challenge of saying, how, "What do you want to show people about magic?" And here's your resources. And you have so many pages. And you know, like I said, I could do multiple podcasts on this because it, it was the duelist was a lot of work and a lot of a lot of time and a lot of energy. And so many people spent so much effort doing such awesome work. And and there's all these freelance writers and freelance artists. And I mean, it really was a love of work of hundreds of people. I mean, all well said and done, and I, I'm proud to be one of the people that helped helped put it together. Um, and, anyway, that, that's today's column. Uh, it's not column. That's today's podcast. I'm mixing my media together. Um, but anyway, I'm here. So I guess it's time to go make the magic cards.